Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of the Locked In Baseball Podcast, and I'd like to welcome in our guest for uh, this episode. It, this is uh, we have Jeff Calhoun, the head coach at Biola University here in La Mirada, California, and you know, just want to. I mean, you guys can give him a round of applause at your house, I guess, or wherever you're listening. But, um, you know, he's, I mean, he's special to me, but I don't expect him to be special to everybody else here. So, um, but we're here to talk about, you know, you know, college baseball, the recruiting side of, you know, especially how it pertains to Biola and, um, you know, what he looks for in, in players, uh, you know, uh, graduating seniors, JC guys, you know, if he happens to be going for underclassmen, who knows? Um, but I, you know, Jeff, thanks for joining us. Yeah, of course, Joe. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. yeah. So I know I'd uh, kind of you know, twist your arm to get you to do this, but I really appreciate you. <laughs> so, and the yeah, one, of course. And the one thing I can say about you, man, I really love hanging out with you. Like, oh, geez. Like, I love hanging out with you because you are just a normal guy, right? Like everybody looks at baseball, mm-hmm. like college coaches, and they think you guys are like Egyptian gods or something. Like you guys are like you're not you're not real people, you know. Like there's you guys are you guys have a higher status. And when I say everybody, I don't mean like you know everybody. I just mean like you know the kids we work with, parents in the program with CBA. You know they really like they look at you guys and they're like, oh my gosh, it's a college coach. Is he here to watch me? And just to kind of be transparent about this to the parents and players, the answer is probably no. He's probably not there to watch you. <laughs> not this time. Maybe um, next time. You never know. You never know what you're going to see out there. <laughs> and, you know, like with you, I feel like I could be really like playful and like, and, and uh, you know, high energy. There's like some guys who get on here and they're very conservative. So I got to put my conservative voice on. So <laughs> I'm, you know, well, I think, I think that's one thing I don't lack. I don't lack energy. I think that's, I think everybody in our, uh, in our industry or close group or whatever you want to call it. Uh, I think the coaching community really knows that the one thing you're going to find with me is I'm definitely going to be flying around the yard and bringing a bunch of energy. And I mean, I, I love what I do. So it makes a lot of fun. And obviously like you're saying, it's a lot of fun to be around you too, Joe. I mean, we have, like you said, it's, 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 it goes both ways here. Uh, unlike a lot of umpires in their zone, uh, for me, it's, you know, I enjoy being around you and I mean, it's a lot of fun to be around the CBA family. And I mean, I, I always look forward to going to your guys' games and just being around everybody or going to Vegas camp or Hawaii camp or whatever it is, you know, just getting to know your guys and just trying to grow our game. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. And if I were a player and I was a prospective D2 player in Southern California, I would be very excited about the opportunity to play for Jeff Calhoun at Biola just because he's always laughing. You know, he's always having, you know, he wants to have fun on the field. He's not there to, you know, to just, you know, it's, I mean, obviously there's a business aspect to this, but it's not business only. It's like, you know, why play the game if you're not going to have fun with it type mentality, you know? So um, I appreciate those types of coaches and, you know, that's why I think Jeff's doing really well in what he does. And, and that's why I think you're, you know, going to continue to have, you know, so many opportunities come your way as a coach, you know, um, you know, I mean, you've kind of, you know, you know, been all up and down the map of the West coast with, with college, with, with the college coach, college coaching, you know, stints. So, I mean, just kind of, if you Mm -hmm. want to kind of like talk about, you know, your journey as a coach and, you know, how you landed at Biola and, you know, everything that kind of, 
you know, transpired over the last, you know, however many years it took you to get to where you're at now? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I'm not a California native, so I think that's part of what makes it kind of unique for me is, um, you know, I'm born and raised in North Washington and a smaller logging community called Sonohomish. Um, I think kind of the biggest thing that's come out of there is a guy a couple years older than me, uh, played in the NBA for a few years, um, played at University of Washington, so everybody always knows who that guy is, and he's exactly that. He's now living back there and played in the NBA and lives on a farm and just, I mean, he was posting videos of chopping a tree down in his yard a couple of days ago. So it's, we live up to the standard of our town and our name. So uh, for me, uh, played in the Northwest, played, finished up at uh, Niagara University in New York after junior college, and then wasn't really sure what I was going to do and started working construction and was just trying to do odd jobs uh, back in Niagara Falls to, um, you know, figure out what I was going to do. And then got an opportunity to go to Westmont College up in Santa Barbara, and that was my first job. And so I think that's where, like you talked about, Joe, I mean, that energy and fun for me, I thought I kind of get upset about people saying we're grinding or we're you know, it's just so hard. And it's, it's, I get to hang out at a baseball field with guys that want to play baseball and want to be around the yard and want to get better. Like, this is a blast. It's so much better than, you know, working construction. And when I was at Westmont, I did a bunch of odd jobs to survive because I was a true volunteer assistant. I got a thousand dollars a year and, um, whatever I can make going to camps or going recruiting and just trying to find ways to make money. So I worked as a barista for a little bit, which I renamed a barista. Um, I was an overnight auditor at a hotel. I was a janitor. Uh, I was, I worked for a construction company for a little bit. And then uh, last year I finally landed at Westmont that I kind of stuck out was I uh, worked for the grounds crew. So I worked on soccer and baseball fields did the mowing, did the edging, did all the stuff that you would do as a coach anyway, but just got hired by the school to do it. And did that for two years down there with Westmont with Coach Ruiz and Coach Gagool, which was a blast. We had a lot of success, uh, which opened the door for me to get a job at UC San Diego uh, with Coach Newman. And at the time, JT Blowers, JT and I uh, got really close when we worked together there. Uh, I mean, he's an absolute recruiting nut. I think he's like me. We just love recruiting. It's a lot of fun. Um, but he and I will talk all the time about players or, you know, basically anything. I mean, he and I talk all the time about basically everything that you can imagine in baseball or what we're seeing on the internet. And it's, he's a great guy to have as a friend. And so I worked for three years with him, uh, with Coach Newman, the head coach there, and had, again, a lot of success and went to two college world series and got to coach a bunch of guys that got to play for a wall. And it's a lot of really great kids who were very intelligent human beings and got to recruit some CBA guys with the blacks. And then uh, our pitching coach at the time at UCSD got the head job at Point Loma, Justin James. And uh, I went with Justin uh, from the volunteer to the head assistant there and got to run the offense and handle all the recruiting and really just got dove head first into everything and got to do budget and travel and recruiting and gear orders and everything that you could do as an assistant and, um, we had a success there too. Got to go to a regional, lost to UC San Diego, injured to their third World Series in a row. And, um, then I got this opportunity this summer to come over here to Biola and move up the coast again. And, uh, I think the, the joke is what the people in our business know is I told them a long time ago when I got here, I wouldn't work in, I wouldn't work in LA. I wouldn't live in LA. Um, that's too big of a city. That's 
big and scary and there's traffic and everything. And, you know, sure enough, I'm at the Bible Institute of Los Angeles now. So, um, had to eat, had to eat my words on that one, but it's been a blast. I mean, we, you know, it's been a journey, but I think along the way, I think every coach has gone through it. Every coach has gone through a similar experience to me and I'm not unique by happen to have worked another job or had to sleep in a clubhouse or do anything that's not out of the ordinary of any coach. So no, I think I put in my time and got this opportunity and just, again, dove headfirst into it. And we had some success this year before the COVID stuff hit and uh, had a lot of fun. So we're really looking forward to what we're going to do in the future here with our staff. Yeah, you're just getting started, but, you know, created some momentum and bummer. I mean, baseball for everybody's kind of um, – obviously been put on hold. So, um, Mm -hmm. yeah. So, I mean, it's a matter of, you know, at least for, you know, for me, I mean, I'm, you know, using this time to, um, try to be as productive as I can, you know, and it's, it's in different ways where I haven't been able to, um, do this, you know, do do these things before, you know, like in, you know, I've talked about it in prior episodes, like just, you know, fixing up the house, you know, things like that. And I see like, I see other like college guys out there and they're like building decks in their backyard and like Oliveira down in San Diego States, like building yep. like a gazebo or something. And, and, uh, yeah, yeah. And, like Kai Correa, um, the, the, he was the, the pool thing was yeah, unbelievable. He, yeah. Yeah. He has like, you know, slatting, like he's turned, turned a brick wall into looking like he's like chipping Joanna Gaines. You know, so and uh, no, but he like the like, people. The Hawaiian like, you, version of it, yeah. And you could see like the successful people in the game, right? They're finding little avenues to kind of you know to do things that you know they still get a lot done with their day. You know, obviously we're not on the field like the way we're used to. Um, but I mean, I guess that's you know kind of transitions us into you know how you guys deal with you know like or what your players are up to during this time. I know like you know everybody's kind of got. Um, they don't have the same access to resources as they had when, you know, we were back in, you know, our normal way of life. So, I mean, do you guys, I mean, it, it, are there certain things that your players are able to do now during this time when, you know, as far as like development or, you know, just kind of self-improvement in some way where they're able to, you know, come back and maybe, you know, be improved as a player or an individual when they get back to the field with you guys? Yeah. So uh, for us, all of our players went home. Uh, except for one, he's still on campus. He's from kind of the area of Washington that got hit the worst. So he, you know, he and his family decided it was probably safest for him just to stay here for a little longer while that cools down. But uh, for all of our guys, I mean, our weight coach here, Frank Ramirez, he's an absolute stud. Uh, He, you know, immediately sent out a, you know, at-home workout plan. So they have a plan for it at home to do. Um, We gave them, you know, basically how to build, a weighted ball or a weighted bat, how to weigh those down with the pennies and dimes and everything like that, or the um, how to make the ball heavier, how much tape to wrap around it, all that kind of stuff. Um, so that way they could go home and train. We also gave them, you know, the option that they could take the weighted balls home with them. So we mailed some of those out um, so they could still train and get ready for hopefully at the time we're hoping for summer ball still. Um, I mean, we're obviously crossing our fingers for some of those. We had a couple of guys that were going to go to the Cape this year, which we were really excited about. Now they got, sidetracked but uh, one of the things that Frank's done a really good job of is you know with that home workout is we do check-ins for us so it's kind of been a fun thing for our team we do a weekly weigh-in including our coaches so I have a goal of what I want to weigh 
when I get back to campus and we're, we do body fat percentage tests when we get back. So for me, you know, I want to be, I have my goal. And so I check in every week with them too. And, you know, there's some guys, we have two guys that are six and they're going to know who they are in this podcast. So but, hold on, let me interrupt. What's, um, your, what's your goal? My goal is to be right now. I'm at right around 200 pounds, like usually just like 199 to 203-ish. And then the goal is to be at 195 and 10% body fat's the goal. So right now I'm at 199 today with my weigh-in and I'm at 15% body fat. So this summer is, uh, I mean, there's nothing else to do. So for our coaching staff, we, we move the cars out of the garage and we get after it. It's kind of a sweat box in there. So, um, I mean, we just throw the med balls around. we got a bunch of bands. Um, we got a row machine like an herd thing. So we're just pounding that out. So, I mean, I think we're, our joke is, but when we get back to campus in the fall, um, you know, some of the guys might not recognize us. And also I'm growing my beard out. Coach Baker, our head assistant, growing his out pretty good. So right now we're, uh, we're the Viola bearded boys. So it's, uh, we check, we do our zoom calls every other week and just check in with them and kind of give them any updates we have. But, you know, we do like a video that we'll send out of, you know, something that we like from a motivational standpoint or a leadership standpoint and just ask for feedback. And probably the coolest thing for me to see is, you know, we were able to bring in some of our uh, incoming guys that had signed, like once they got their letters of intent in and, and they got their, um, and their seasons got canceled, we were able to bring them in. So they were able to, you know, give their feedback. And it's been pretty cool to see incoming freshmen give feedback on videos they've seen. And they're like, hey, I really like this from it. This really stood out to me. And I think it's really hard sometimes for a freshman to want to talk up when you have fifth year seniors whose careers are over and they're still in this, just want to be around the program before they're done. And they got, you know, some guys that are third or fourth year in this. And all of a sudden this kid who's just finishing high school is like, yeah, I think I really took this away from it. It's like, okay, that's the kind of group we have of guys that want to be leaders and they want to, you know, get better and develop. So it's been a lot of fun to kind of see them from a mental side of things and leadership side of things continue to get better. And obviously we hope for the summer ball. I think that's something that every coach is hoping for just to get some sort of reps in. Otherwise, you know, our guys won't necessarily have played, a comp- not, have not seen a competitive pitch outside of March, since March, because we were in Hawaii. So um, that could be... <laughs> A little challenging to take six months off and then try to roll back in. So it'll be uh, be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, but I mean, everybody's kind of you know going through the same thing. So I mean, yeah, it should be somewhat of an even playing field. So I really think like you know with with the weigh-ins and kind of holding each other accountable. You know, I, I've talked to other coaches from other schools you know recently, and you know some schools aren't doing anything. That's okay. You know, kind of giving them the time to rest their arms for like pitchers obviously mm-hmm. to rest their bodies. And um, you know, I think there's there's I think there's benefits and I think there's um, I think, you know, in any, in any of these routes that, you know, programs want to take. I also think that, you know, with the level of accountability to keep guys, you know, motivated and wanting to get working on their own. Um, I think that's a, that's a good way to go as well because um, you know, obviously, you know, you don't want guys to show up out of shape and you don't want them to show up with, you know, with, with zero skill set because they decided to, mm-hmm. sit, you know, to sit on their ass all week. Yeah. So, yeah, I think um, our biggest worry is that guys just come back and they're not ready to fire it up and they get hurt. And that's my biggest concern is, you know, for us, we want to stay healthy. And the best way to stay healthy is to do preventative stuff. So even on Frank, I mean, even the at-home plans that Frank gave, they have, we gave YouTube videos of yoga and hip mobility and ankle mobility and just stuff like that to keep them developing. And uh, we do, we have a push-up challenge we do, which is 
<laughs> definitely something that's hard, but it's a lot of fun, and the guys get really competitive at it. Um, you know, it stays in our group text and just keeps them busy. So just finding ways to keep them busy while they're finishing school. They're in uh, dead week right now, uh, getting ready for finals next week. So they're trying to, you know, study up and get ready to roll for that too. So they've got to finish strong in the classroom, which was our biggest challenge. Nice. So it sounds like we, it, we, yeah. we I was going to say, it sounds like that, you know, you guys have adapted well and players are, you know, they're rolling with it. Um, you know, I mean, obviously this, this all sucks, but. You know, best thing yeah. We, yeah, I mean, the best thing we can do is just like have a good attitude about it. I mean, there's really nothing we can do unless you have a vaccine in the garage or something that we can, that we can, <laughs> that we can distribute. Yeah. I, yeah. My communications degree from Niagara university didn't teach me that. So, um, uh, I don't have that stored anywhere. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, uh, I can write it. I can write a thesis on it how that thing works though. If you tell me, if you tell me what it is, I'll write a great paper on it though. So, right. <laughs> so I can do that. So, you know, you're from Washington, you ended up mm-hmm. in, in Santa Barbara a little bit at Westmont, right? And then, you know, I mean, we talked about him a little bit off the record, um, you know, Donegal Fergus, man, like he, uh, he, he put on a good show with the, the episode um, that we just put up, but yeah, uh, so, I mean, you've, you're filling the shoes well so far. I mean, we're not done with Trying. this. We're not done with this one yet, but you've you know you've been very informative from the you know aspect of you know what you're doing uh, with your with your program. I mean, but you know what what what's there to look forward to now? Like, what does like Biola University baseball you know have in store for like the next two, three, four years? Um, I know that you know recruiting is a little bit different at the D two level than it is um, at the D one level, but you've been I mean you've been at the D two level for a few years now, anyway. So. Um, I mean, I guess because this is this is a podcast that's geared towards you know uh, player development at the youth level and recruiting. Um, you know, what can you know what kind of information can we provide for you know guys that are kind of waiting around at home right now, like waiting to play baseball at the you know at the next level, but they're unsure about what's happening with this whole quarantine thing, and. Um, you know, and beyond that, you know, what's going to happen, you know, what are guys, you know, underclassmen and, you know, high school underclassmen, what do they have to look forward to if, you know, they decide that D2 baseball is the route to go uh, a faith-based institution like Biola, you know, is a route is the route to go for them. You know, what, what are their, you know, what, what is there to expect, um, you know, for their, you know, upcoming, you know, careers, you know, per se, you know, for lack of a better term. Yeah, I think from a Division Two program, obviously we're coming up from the NAI. This is our first year playoff eligible, so there's lots to for our guys to get excited about. Um, I think for us, from a facility standpoint, we we do joke that we are the top golf of baseball. We have more netting than I think anywhere in the country, so we don't lose too many baseballs, which is a lot of fun. But um, you know, from a facility upgrade, there's a lot of things that are going into that, and we, you know, we're getting a new scoreboard or we were going to get a new scoreboard in April this year, and now it's going to get installed this summer, which we're really excited about. Um, you know, there's talks of us getting lighting, which will be a huge step forward in our program, you know, being able to, you know, just host night games and not be able to have families out instead of playing at 11 a.m. On a, on a Saturday or on a Friday. Um, I think from a recruiting standpoint right now, we've done – I think that's one thing that I give a lot of credit to our staff. You know, Coach Baker uh, is our recruiting coordinator, and then – Ben Cordy's our pitching coach and handles a lot of the recruiting on that side of the ball. And I think for us, um, 
we just really have stayed true to who we are and we just keep recruiting. We keep working. We keep getting to know kids and we keep building relationships. And I think our program is, has a really good core of players that understand that we want to create the best program we possibly can. And they're all a part of it. And they're, you know, they need to understand that for, for us, we use this mantra of we're only as good as our worst player. And if that's the case for us, we want to keep recruiting better players. So for us, as we keep raising that bar, I mean, our guys continue to understand, hey, he might bring in guys that are going to challenge me for a spot, but I'm going to become a better player by pushing myself to compete with a guy who maybe was a junior college MVP of a league. Maybe he was a Division One transfer or he's a grad transfer from a Division One or Division Two, or a guy who's been to the College World Series. There's a lot of variety of that type of player. And then from a recruiting side, for us, we are really excited about the incoming class and of freshmen and then saying, like, hey, you're the guys we're building the core around for the future. And you're going to get to be around, you know, some of these guys who are going to utilize that extra year in our program. Like, hey, you're going to be around uh, outfield like Brandon Cody, who's from Corona. And, you know, he's been a two-year starter going into this year. Started Played a lot as a freshman, started as a sophomore with all-conference. And now, you know, he's back for – he'll be back for this year as his fourth year, and he'll do a fifth year as the plan. And all of a sudden you're going to be around these guys that have really invested a lot in the program. And I talk about Brandon because Brandon was a captain this year. And for us, he's a guy that just whatever's best for the program is what's best for him. And for us, getting that kind of an attitude into our guys of, hey, that's what we want. We want what's best for the program always. Am I doing something that's going to be detrimental to the program? If that's the case, I got to avoid doing that. And I think for us, what's really cool is, you know, our guys see the long term of it. And, you know, they talk about trying to get a, a year on the wall. And so for us, we're putting – a new wall, a new uh, windscreen in with all the years of us as a division, as an NAI program leading into this of all the regionals and the World Series and the things that they did, which, you know, back in the early 2000s to 2010, they were running, they had a really good run of making regionals and going to World Series and doing stuff like that. So for us, honoring those guys and having our guys be like, hey, I want to be on that wall. Like, I want to be the first D2 team to go to a regional. I want to be the first team to go to a World Series. We want to be the first national champion in our program history or in really our university as we're going into this division two phase, we want to be the first ones to do it. And there's a lot of firsts that are coming up that I think our guys are really excited about. And that's what makes it really, really fun. Cause I think as you were saying from a recruiting standpoint, and you know, this is kind of what we talked about with our guys is if you're looking for a school that you're going to get developed, you're going to have a competitive attitude all the time. Cause we challenge them to win at everything they do even in N64 in our office, if we're playing Mario Kart or Mario Party or Super Smash Bros., whatever it is, um, our coaching staff wants to win and our guys want to win because they're like, oh, I'm a really good Mario Party player. It's like, yeah, probably not. No, I'm going to whoop you <laughs> in that one. But I think for us, we're all really competitive, so it's a lot of fun. But our guys understand, hey, if that's what we're looking for on those on the baseball side of things, and then from a school, it's a, I mean, it's one of the top, 5% of Christian colleges in the country academically. So you have that going for you. And it's a really strong Christian college. If those are the things you're looking for, then this is exactly what you want. But if you're looking for a place, honestly, to go party and, you know, quote unquote, have that college experience of being able to go to a frat party or going out or something, that's not for you. This isn't the place and that's okay. And some guys want that and we just say, okay, that's, okay. that's fine. You can go somewhere else and we're going to find guys that fit our program. And I think we've done a really good job of just screening guys. And we do a lot of background checks through you guys. And, you know, I talk to Glassy a lot. And 
Rob Geary and guys like that within your program, even about players that you guys play against or that are in their area and just getting to know them. I think that's what players don't know that right now, the things they're doing behind the scenes and off the field are things that I'm finding out from other coaches or other teams they play um, or guys even that are in their area that I know. Um, so I think that's what, if I'm an underclassman looking to the future, I was telling CJ today, we were looking at a recruiting email and I was like, I wish I could screenshot this and post it on Twitter and be like, Hey, this is not what you want to send a coach. This is awful. And you want to know why I'm not calling you back? Like, I don't even know what school this kid goes to, but he gave me his name. And then I look up the name and it's a very common name. I'm like, how do you want me to find you? Like it's taking me a minute and a half, two minutes to try to find you. Like, I, like I'm kind of over it. And that's where, you know, I wish guys just, I think, you know, your organization does a really good job. A handful of other organizations in California do a really good job of explaining to their guys, like, hey, this is what we want to send the coaches. This is what we want to see. And if I'm an underclassman and I'm waiting my turn and I'm, you know, frustrated I'm not playing high school ball or whatever, it's like, hey, like, put that quick blurb tape together of, you know, what you're doing or, you know, give me an update on your school, give me an update on transcripts, give me an update on anything, and just keep your name in front of us. And I think that's really going to help a lot of guys. And, um, I think that's kind of what they get to look forward to is they can still be relevant in recruiting because, you know, we haven't stopped. Uh, I think that's the best way to describe it. I mean, we're still, you know, committing players and we're still going after 21s. And, you know, right now we, we're, we're pretty much done with high schoolers in 20 just from me trying to be, I don't like having a huge roster just because that's not a way to get developed. There's just, that's not fair to everybody else either. If it's 50 guys, that's a lot of players and that's not, uh, if that's 25 hitters and 25 pitchers and I have two coaches working with pitchers and two coaches working with hitters, that's not a great ratio. And that's not a great attention to detail for those guys to be seen and to be coached and to be developed. So for me, it's just like, I, I wish I could take more guys, but I just don't want to go that route and have 70 guys on my bench and be like, all right, uh, number 68, I don't know who you are, <laughs> but I know that you wear number 68. Like that's not going to help a kid. And that's, I think, like you said, for me, I'm a pretty, regular guy so I mean I, I get to know our kids and I really want to be a part of their lives and I want them to feel like they can trust me with you know information or with the conversation that they know doesn't leave that office as a head coach and you know for me it's always looking out for them and trying to find the best way to take care of them so that's where having that smaller roster and having you know us being between 35 and 40 is ideal with our red shirts and with our guys that we're really developing because for us, everybody, ha there's a plan for everybody. It's just we got to make sure we know that plan as a staff and they know that plan as a player and being transparent. So that's what makes it a lot better, I think, for our guys. Even the guys that are registered this year, they know what we're trying to get them to and they know what their goals are. And that's allowing them to push themselves still, even though it's like, well, I'm not suiting up on game day. But you have a role for us in two years is the goal. Like, hey, in two years from now, we want you to start at the second base. It's like, okay, like there's a, there is a, there is a goal. There's a, target finish line here with this stage of my life and this stage of playing and so that's been a lot of fun I think for us to try to develop that and we are the youngest staff in the country I mean we're all under 30 so it's a lot of fun and uh, I think our staff offsets me really well from a you know high energy all the time guy I mean you know coach Baker's kind of that wise sage coach with the big beard and uh, really can relate to the players and super quick-witted and Ben Cordy's very research oriented and very structured and so for us we're all structured in our practices and our recruiting and our plans but you know I'm the one bringing the energy and the players feed off that and then our coaching staff's able to 
have the freedom to develop how they want to develop and within our plan. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think that, you know, like being transparent, you know, going back to that a little bit, being transparent mm-hmm. with the recruits, I think it's so huge because there's so many, you know, schools, you know, that will tell, tell guys what they want to hear. You know, you're going to be a two way guy when mm-hmm. you show up to campus, you're going to, you're going to hit. And then like, there's, I mean, yeah, maybe, you know, like these kids really think like that's going to happen. And th- and it's possible, you know, obviously if they show up and they're just, you know, light, light years ahead of everybody else, they're going to have that opportunity. But mm-hmm. the, the likelihood of that, of those promises being kept with everybody, you know, aren't very good, you know? So yeah. players and parents need to really understand that, that, you know, and, and, you know, Fergus Donegal said it really well, you know, with the nature of, uh, you know, of college baseball and having a, you know, a short season compared to professional ball and the nature of how fragile, you know, college coaching, um, the college coaching um, aspect is in the sense where, you know, coaches, you know, you're, you're, you're generally, um, you generally keep your job and your livelihood based on how well you compete and how much you win. So, mm-hmm. you know, between those two factors there, it's, you know, you, you got to get the right guys on campus so that those, you know, you can keep those, you know, aligned um, and, you know, coaches can keep their jobs and you can stay competitive, but parents need to understand that that's the, that's the perspective that most, you know, most college coaches have when they're out recruiting, they're trying to find the right mm-hmm. guys and be a fit uh, within their program. Um, they're trying to find ways to get as competitive as they can so that they can win as many games as possible. It's not always necessarily based on, you know, developing your kid or the player when they get to campus, you know, for most schools. But I mean, there are exceptions like you guys, you know, are an exception where you guys focus on, you know, what's doing what what the best, um, you know, what uh, that you guys focus on what's best for the player. Right. So, mm-hmm. but I mean, we can't say that every college, you know, has that in mind, which you know, sure. there's nothing wrong with that because that's just the nature of, of the beast for college baseball. So if, if parents can understand that and players can understand that there's a much more um, there's, there's a more educated decision made when they decide, Hey, this is what school I want to attend. You know um, mm-hmm. we try to, I mean, I, I, I talk to our guys within CBA as much as I can. Hey, wait as long as you can. But obviously if you know, this is a school you want to be at, you know, go ahead, you know, take, take a chance. If that's where you want to be, go, you know, you know, our freshmen and, and, and sophomores, you know, who, you know, they see everybody, you know, every prospect around them committing to schools, but they kind of fall mm-hmm. into this trap by making early decisions a lot of the time. But again, you know, if you know, that's where you want to go, you know, and that's, you know, your top one or two schools and that's where you want to be, um, then, you know, go for it. Um, but you know, I mean, a lot of kids and, and parents, they, they, they take that information in and they wait a little bit and, you know, they're patient with their decisions and, um, and I think that's, I think that's really the route that more players should go is just kind of wait just to make sure, you know, first, that's where you want to go to school for four years and that's where you want to live for four years, you know? Um, mm-hmm. and also is that, is that the playing environment I want to be in? Do they have my major? Um, do they have what I want to study? You know, because, you know, most kid, I mean, if you want to extend your career in baseball for another four years after high school, by all means do it, but you got to understand that after those four years, the chances of you extending it past that are not really good statistically, you know? So, yeah. you know, if you're going to go to school to just to be no offense, 
no offense, Jeff, but a communications major. <laughs> you know, if you're going to go to school, be a communications major, right? Unless you want to stay in baseball, you know exactly what communication is going to help you to achieve, right? Then, yeah. um, you know, but again, by all means, go ahead. But more than likely, you got to have an understanding of how, what you what you want your, your higher education to be in so that you have a plan after four years of, of college baseball because those four years are going to go by quickly and – you're not going to have an idea on what you're doing. And I'm sorry, I probably just continue to knock you down <laughs> because no, this, you're is, good. this you're is, good. is essentially what happened to you. <laughs> so, but, um, well, I, well, I think like you're saying to, I mean, just like I said, Joe, I'm pretty transparent. There's not a lot of hidden agenda for me. Um, I mean, I didn't want to be a communications major. I wanted to be a sports management major when I got mm-hmm. to Niagara and I was a, a four, two, four transfer. So for me showing up to campus, I, had to have my progression towards degree, which is a junior college transfer. I had no idea what that meant. Mm-hmm. So I show up and it's August 27th and classes start the day after Labor Day in five days. And they're like, Hey, what do you want to study? And I was like, I want to study sports management. And they're like, well, with your eligibility, you can't do that. Otherwise you're going to be ineligible this year because you're not far enough along in that degree. And I was like, okay, well, what, what can I do? And they're like, well, you took a couple of communications classes your freshman year of college. So we'll just put you in communications. And I was like, okay, cool. Whatever. Like whatever gets me on the yeah. field. And that was, again, like you said, I think the best part for me is I went through it the wrong way. I did a lot of the recruiting the wrong way. I went where for me, I was chasing, I was chasing something. I was chasing money. I was chasing scholarship stuff. And for me, it was, I went to where I had the best opportunity to get money as opposed to maybe where, we were the most competitive or understanding, Hey, I want, I, you know, I'm really close to my family and I'm moving from, you know, an hour South of Canada to Niagara Falls, New York in three different time zones. And my family doesn't travel very much. So for me, it's like, Hey, we don't have the finances to fly out to see me play once a month. It was, Hey, my family flew out in my senior year to the furthest West game I played, which was against Kansas. And that was where they got to see me play my senior year was against Kansas and Kansas state. And that was it. And so, you know, that was something I didn't view in hindsight. I mean, I got an offer after I committed to Niagara from Washington State, and I was like, oh, well, I jumped the gun. I didn't wait. I should have taken – I was like, oh, like, it's not as much money. I was selfish. I was like, ah, you know, I want the big – I want the scholarship money that's more important as opposed to, you know, being potentially at a Power Five and playing in a regional that following year in 2012, which is pretty cool to watch a lot of my friends that were there playing it and, you know, seeing that I probably would have caught because I was – the guy that they were like, Hey, you're going to be one of the, you're going to be there with the one or the two. And you know, the one and two both got hurt and all of a sudden the three's catching. I was like, Oh shoot, I definitely would have played in the three. So this is at six. So just being able to have honest reflection on it. And I think like you said, there is kind of this idea now, like, Hey, the first offer I get, I need to take it. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss the boat. Maybe this is the only one I get. It's like, well, for you, it's gotta be the right fit. I didn't visit Niagara. I had no idea what I was getting into in Western New York and Buffalo. And I didn't know it snowed that much and it snowed the entire month of November till April. I was like, Oh, <laughs> you didn't dude, know like, it snowed up there. <laughs> no, no, I didn't know that. I, I could, if you would have told, asked me to point out Buffalo on a map, I would have had no idea. I, they told me it was close to New York. They told me it was close to the city. And I was like, Oh, sick. Like New York City's close. And they're like, No, the city of Cleveland, like the Cleveland's like three hours away. And I was like, Oh, I don't want to go there. I want to go to New York City. Like, so I, I just was a best in recruiting and I didn't have a lot of, good advisement on that and 
Uh, you know, I think that's, for me, I was that's a, hard. That's it, hard to. It, it made me a better coach for sure. Yeah, yeah, and it made me a better coach. It it taught me, you know. I think, like you said, if it's the school that's your dream school and they offer you a spot, then take it. I think that's a no-brainer. But also the fragile nature of our businesses. If you're a freshman coming to a school, you don't know who's going to be there in four years. You don't know what coach is going to be there. You don't know what assistants are going to be there. And I've had to have that conversation three times as a coach to kids I've recruited and families I've gotten to know, being like, hey, we're excited you're coming here. I just took a new job. I'm leaving. Like, well, we came here because of you, let's say, is a theory. And it's like, well, that's not what we told you to do in the recruiting meeting. We told you to commit to the head coach and commit to the university as a whole. And if it's if you're coming to assistance, excuse me, unfortunately, at the non-division one level, there really isn't a ton of money sometimes for assistance. And, you know, we got families and we got to take care of them and they got to do what's best for them sometimes. And so I try to convince people like, hey, we – I had that conversation with a coach. Like, well, where do you see yourself in five? Like, do you see yourself being here while I'm playing here? And that's a genuinely hard question for some of us to answer. I mean, we, I love Biola. I love where I work. I have a blast with our administration and I hope to be here for a little while. And I mean, I'm in Southern California, which is huge. I mean, I think I told somebody I'm not trying to take the first big job that shows up because it might not be the best job. It might not be somewhere where I fit or my personality is going to fit. So right. it's the same way with kids. And yeah. it's hard, man. The recruiting, recruiting is a tough one. I, I describe it as a roller coaster of emotions for everybody. Some days there's really good days as a coach and as a recruit. Um, some days there's really bad days. Sometimes you're confused. Sometimes you're sad. Sometimes you're excited. It's just you got to stay level. Otherwise, you know, you're just going to have too many ups and downs all the time. And you just turn into a mess, which was exactly how I handled my recruiting process. So <laughs> I would recommend well, learning I mean, from my mistakes and, but you got better. a lot. You got a lot out of it, though. I mean, look, you, like you said, you're a better head coach because of that. You know, you're. Um, I mean, it's hard. And I was saying that earlier. Like, it's hard to navigate through that stuff if you don't have the guidance. You know, as a recruit, and you know, you you go for what you think is a good route because you don't know if there's going to be, and it's a gamble. You know, you don't know if there's going to be other opportunities that arise, especially when the clock is ticking, right? So. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean that if that's the that's the opportunity that was given, you got to take advantage of that. And obviously, maybe it would have been nicer to stay home and go to go to um, Wazoo, and yeah. you know, and and your parents could watch you every weekend if they wanted to. But if you didn't go to Niagara, you wouldn't have played with Jeff Vincent, or you wouldn't know who he I, is. I I wouldn't know. He was a little older than me, but that guy is. <laughs> you want to talk about Egyptian god? That guy's a Greek god in Niagara Falls, right? He's, I, I mean, that guy, yeah, I don't look like that and I didn't play like that. So I, um, I was, he was definitely the king of the castle at Niagara Falls. That's for sure. Um, such a great, he, he ran shop there. Oh, the best. He's a legend. <laughs> every time, every alumni game as a player, it was like, oh my gosh, who's this guy? It's like, oh, it's Jeff Vincent. Like, oh my gosh, look at that guy. He's jacked and he hits absolute yeah. nukes and he runs like a gazelle. Like, and he's, got a, and he's got a cannon. Yeah, that's a third factor in this. No one sees that right away, but it it was, yeah, right. Yeah, and I played with him, so like after every game, you know, we'd walk in, the first guy to take your shirt off is Jeff Vincent, you know, because he just knows how you know, he looks like an Abercrombie model, you know, mm-hmm. times ten, you know. And I'm like, dude, like, come on, man, like, I don't need to feel bad about myself after I go. <laughs> I don't need to feel worse about myself after I went zero for four today. Can you put that back on, or at least? <laughs> You know, like wait a couple minutes, you know, so yeah, um, at least let me get in the shower and leave. Okay. <laughs> let, me get, let me get that done. No, but such a good dude, such a great teammate, you know? Um, but I mean, 
again, back to back to you and your and your process. I mean, you learned a lot from that. Just like me, I went to school. I went to college for baseball. You know, I went mm-hmm. to. I didn't know what I want. I mean, I ended up studying like political science and religion, and it was a great. You know, I was super interested in all that. Uh, you know, from a student standpoint, but like, what would I have done with that? Like, I wasn't going to be a priest. <laughs> I mean, or I was going. You know, and maybe like maybe I could pursue like a law degree, but I didn't really, I mean, it sounded, sounds like a nice idea to be an attorney, but that's not really in my heart to do that. So, I mean, mm-hmm. luckily and fortunately I'm still involved in the game and, you know, I learned a ton as a player, as a, you know, as you did and you apply all those lessons in what you do and, and how you teach the game. And so, you know, we're kind of getting to the end of this. So I kind of like in closing, I just wanted to say, you know, thanks for what you do. You know, you, you, you do it the right way over there and how you, and how you handle players and recruits and, you know, how you, um, you know, how you hold your guys accountable, even when you're not able to be on the field with them all the time. I know, uh, it, it's a challenge, but you do the best you can with what you got. Um, I really, really hope that you hit that, hit your, hit your benchmarks and your goals with your, um, with your fitness, your fitness goals. Yeah, our 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 players, our players, low key do too. Because I, I mean, we as a staff, we we joke a lot about that at Order Online of you know, the day I can't whoop a man's ass is the day I stop coaching. So for us, it's like, hey, like I need to be stronger than you guys. Otherwise, there's no I can't talk trash in the weight room, and I can't expect them to do things at a high level or to mm-hmm. work really hard if I'm not going to work hard or you know keep them accountable. But you know, I. I got lucky. I had a lot of really good mentors and worked for a lot of really good people. And, you know, coach Newman is in great shape and, you know, former triple A baseball player. And, you know, I think he was a 10 year pro, 11 year pro. And so for him, it's like working for him and just every day I was like, Hey, let's go to the weight room. I was like, all right, I'm going with this guy. Like this guy's six foot three, he knows what he's doing. 215 pounds. <laughs> yeah. He's jacked. I'm five foot 10, like 180 so, pounds of them, like living on ramen. Like I need the, all the help I can get. Yeah. So, it was, uh, but yeah, you, you just learn from really good people. And, you know, I got really lucky with where I got to work and, uh, get to call a lot of guys, friends and mentors that, you know, I think the line that I always go back to is you never know, like, where life's going to take you or what the 10 years, like, oh, like 10 years ago, me would have been like, oh, yeah, I want to be, you know, I'm going to go to a power five and I'm going to, you know, play professional baseball. Like, that was the plan, obviously. And then 10 years later, it's like, man, I'm a college baseball coach and I'm a head coach at 29 years old. Like this is not at all what I had planned on being or not at all the timetable I had planned on. I was just hoping to have insurance by 20, by 30 was the goal. And, you know, I got that done. So I was pretty juiced off that, but it's uh, definitely baseball is a weird thing that way. That's for sure. Yeah. But it always rewards you in the end. If you, if you respect the game and you know, it has for you and it will continue to do so. So um yeah no i applaud you even though I'm, i mean i'm sure people at home and listening to this are probably applauding as we speak as well so sandy uh, <laughs> no i mean it's really not ferg and i get that i mean i'm not ferg's not even gonna listen not to this red. Ferg's not, ferg isn't even I, gonna listen I, to this he I has know. no interest i'm in just you. saying that <laughs> the fans at home the fans at home are you know they they got to hear from a great beard and eric full and then they got to hear from another great beard and ferg <laughs> and then they get me the baby face puppy who's just like, all right, like, what am I doing here? Um, but, you know, I, I try to I try to follow up the best Irishman I know in baseball as a true <laughs> Irishman here. So, I, you know, I try to follow in his footsteps and do the best I could. So, but it's not, thanks for having me on. It was a blast. I mean, I always enjoy talking yeah. shop and talking about Viola and, you know, just trying to trying to improve the game is all we can do. So, 
anytime I can help you guys out, you always know I'm here. So absolutely, man. I'd love to have you on again too. I mean, we could talk about you know different things and and um, um, you know, you're you're it's it's always a blast just hanging out with you, whether we're in or out of quarantine life. So. Um, well, I appreciate that. Absolutely. So, all right, guys, that's pretty much it. And I, you know, I just want to thank you guys for listening to this and, and, you know, if you could take the time to subscribe on Spotify or iTunes and, um, you know, tell a friend or put a review down or a rating, that'd be great as well. Just because that's really the only way that, you know, we get exposure to, you know, to this podcast. So if you guys can do that, that's great. If not, you know, I mean, I guess, you know, you're kind of selfish. That's fine too. So, um, but thanks again. <laughs> thanks for listening. Thanks Jeff. And we'll talk to you guys next time.